Stephen and I are co-preaching tonight, and what we wanted to preach about was ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's a very exciting topic. Um, four years ago, about four years ago in the summer, a few friends of, of mine and me, we went to this festival called Awakening Europe in Germany. And I was really excited and they had some great worship going on and some really exciting preachers. And they talked so much about healing prayer and really amazing, like talking about cancer leaving and lame people being able to walk and the blind seeing. And it was really inspiring. Um, but I'm not really from a church background. I didn't really grow up in a church where that was the norm. So I went and I was really inspired and I thought that's so great. And I was really happy until they asked us to go and do some ministry. <laughs> and that's when it just hit me. I was like, okay, I know what makes me uncomfortable and that definitely does make me really uncomfortable. And they just said, oh, we'll pray for you and then we'll send you out into the streets and you just, you know, you pray and see if you got a picture for someone or a word or you just pray for healing. And I thought, oh no, I won't. Um, and we went and we prayed before and all of my friends that I was with had some kind of word or picture and very profound, like someone could see a man's face and things like that. And I had absolutely nothing. And I was so frightened and very uncomfortable. So we went into town and then one of my friends saw someone that he described when we prayed, and that was really weird. So we went and prayed for him, and that was amazing. And then I was a bit more encouraged, and I thought, maybe the Lord is here. And then I saw this man walking past me, and he had like a broken wrist. He had like a cast on it. And so I plucked up all my courage, and I was like, Lord, please do something, because it will be really embarrassing if nothing happens. And I walked up to him, and I'm from Germany, so we don't really do small talk on the streets or anything like that. And I went, and I must have really shocked him, and I said, excuse me, can I pray for you? And to both of us surprised, probably, he said yes. So I laid hands on him, uh, and I prayed that in Jesus' name he be healed. And suddenly, uh, he looked very surprised, and he started trying to move his wrist and then took his cast off um, and then looked at me again. And I think we both didn't really know what was going on. And then he moved it and suddenly he started doing push-ups on the street and he said it was completely healed. And I was so shocked that I sat down and I just stared at him and I really don't know to this day who was more shocked, him or me. Then another person walked past and asked me, was like, are you a Christian? Have you got the gift of healing? And I said, no because I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I love the gift of healing and I love ministry in the Holy Spirit. And especially to us, we just, we felt like Acts 3 was the passage to talk from. And I thought it fits in so great because we see Jesus doing all these miracles, hey? We know that Jesus is the one, you know, who walks on water and he heals everyone and everything is great. Um, but then he goes and then Pentecost happens and the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit but then they go and do the thing. And I think to us tonight, that can just be really encouraging that actually if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can go and do ministry. And in this story, I just love this story because I feel like, you know, Peter and John, they're just, you know, going about their day-to-day -day business and they just get interrupted by this guy. And my first point that I want to make is, um, if we get interrupted in our day-to-day -day life and we've got a plan, do we see that as the disciples do? Because what happens next is that they take the interruption, actually not as just something like, oh, okay, get out of my way, I'm gonna go and worship because that is the plan, but they see the interruption and it immediately becomes an opportunity for God to move. 
I kind of really like planning my day, and if I know what I'm doing, I'm going to do it. And if I get interrupted by something, I normally don't really like that. But this passage really inspired me again to actually to live a bit like the disciples and to actually go about my day. And if I get interrupted, maybe it is an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do something. The next thing that happens, so they get interrupted, and then they talk to him, and the beggar looks up. And in Scripture, it says that he expected to get something from them. And I don't know about you, but if we do prayer ministry or we do healing or we, I don't know, hang out with other people or non-Christians and we try to pray for them, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but sometimes for me, it's really hard to actually expect somebody to be healed. And when I laid hands on this guy's wrist, I really, I was so shocked and I really wasn't expecting to see something. But you can see with the disciples and with that guy, you know, the beggar is expecting to get some money and the disciples are expecting to see a move of God. So if we get interrupted, sometimes it's an opportunity. And even if we expect something different, maybe we can shift our expectations and start expecting miracles to happen from God because he moves. The next thing that happens is that the disciples make one thing very obvious. They say what they don't have. Before they go and they're like, okay, great, hello, in the name of Jesus, be healed. They turn to him and they're really honest. They're really honest about what they're at, you know? Don't have any money, I'm sorry. What you're asking from me, what you're expecting, I can't give you. But what I can give you, my life, that is life transforming. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And that's even better. And I wonder for us sometimes, um, if we can be really honest about where we're at, you know? or maybe I can't give you that, but can I pray for you? It's a really hard thing for us to do. And I think especially in like our age and with social media and we're just portraying like the best pictures of us, it can be really hard to actually go to someone and be like, actually, I can't fulfill your expectations at all. But I can pray for you because I believe that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I think walking like the disciples can be really hard in our lives. Um, and I was thinking about it and I was wondering why they were so confident, you know, because they're walking together. And I don't know if, if we'd be walking down the street and somebody's just like, hey, can I have some money? I don't know if I'd stop and be like, in Jesus' name, you know, be healed. And then I looked through the book of Acts and I thought, oh, that makes so much sense. Pentecost just happened. So they've just been in a room with all their friends, like here, and they've been praying for the Holy Spirit to come, and the Holy Spirit comes, and there's a wind, and there's flames on their heads, and then they go, and they preach the gospel, and they speak in tongues, and all these miracles happens. and I think if you come from a place like that, and then go about your day-to-day life, it's very different. So wonder for us what it looks like to have like a little Pentecost moment every day, to be filled with the Spirit, maybe not with fire on your head, I don't know how safe that is, the Lord knows, but what would it look like in our days if we're filled with the Holy Spirit and then go and view our days like the disciples do? Stephen, do you wanna continue? Great. Anchor. Well, tell you what, guys, I'm very glad that I'm marrying Fiona um, for a couple of reasons. But one is she's got amazing faith, 
And that is an amazing story to go and pray for someone on the street. Um, it annoys me slightly that he did push-ups in front of you. Just going to put that out there. But we'll move past it. I'm sure the Lord was in that. How many? Yeah, how many? How many is the question? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. The truth is, uh, the truth is, I didn't really want to pick this passage. Is the truth? It's an amazing passage. <laughs> Go and sit at the back. <laughs> The truth is I didn't really want to pick this passage because this passage scares the life out of me, people. This is two disciples are walking to church, essentially, and they see a lame man and he says, can you give me some money? And they turn to him and they say, no, we haven't got any money, but what we do have, we'll give you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. That would terrify me. And I've just worked out in about three seconds reading this passage My faith is so, so small, like minusculely tiny. And the truth is, the thing I really wanted to ask and the thing I wanted to answer is, where on earth do we start when we don't even have faith to give? Right now, if I had been in that position, one of those disciples walking along towards the temple and someone had asked me, have you got any money? I would have turned around and said, I have nothing to give you, like nothing. I don't have any money to give you, and I don't have any faith to give you either. I don't have a thing to hand out to this person. So how does faith grow? Where does it come from? That's what I need answering in my life. Um, And thank the Lord for people like Fiona. They have faith, and it has grown over many years, I'm sure, but... For me, and maybe for some of you, I just feel like there's such a difference between what I see in my life and what I read in the Bible. And it's like, I just don't, not sure if I can really, is that true? Can I really go as a a Christian disciple? I believe I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Lord is on the throne. I believe he rose from the dead. But my goodness, you want me to go out there and tell someone in the name of Jesus they can get up and walk? It's too much for me sometimes, it feels like. And... So we have to start with what is faith. Hebrews 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. In short, I think for me, it's, it's well, for us, I think, it's, it's about what we believe. About what we believe, like in the depths of our hearts. What is it that I believe? Because often what we believe leads to action, ultimately. And that's sometimes where the place we can start, asking your heart, what is it that I believe? I think three things shape what we believe. Our thinking, uh, our experience, and the culture we're in. What is it that we think about the world? What is it that we experience in the world? What is it that the culture around us believes? That'll shape what we believe and therefore what we have faith in. How do we change our thinking to have more faith? What I think about God comes from this place, which is my brain. And in that place is my experience, is my 
life experience, is, my, is the stories that I've heard, is the scripture that I've read, what I believe about God. It's all in there. It's like in a big pot and churning around. And I can stir that pot and put things together and, and shake things up. And I'll have an image of God. And that can change and that can shift. I'll have an image of who Jesus is. But the truth is, I need something else to enter in in order to transform my thinking into the truth. And that thing is scripture. Let me read you this quote. It's a guy called um, D.L. Moody, who was a great preacher back in the day. He, 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 he um, said this once. I prayed for faith and thought that someday faith would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith did not seem to come. And one day I read in the 10th chapter of Romans, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I had up to this time closed my Bible and prayed for faith. I now opened my Bible and began to study and faith has been growing ever since. In the melting pot that is my brain, maybe if I have some eggs, some oil, and some water, I can do a few things with them. I can stir them up, I can mix them up. Maybe chemically I could take out different elements, I could put them back in, I could mix it separately, I could heat it up, I could cool it down. There's a number of things that I could do to get different results. But the truth is, if I want pancakes, I've got to put flour in it. I've got to put flour in it. And that's what the Word of God is to our thinking. If your thinking's here, the Word of God is so much bigger, but we need the active ingredient to come into our thoughts so that we can actually know who Jesus is, not just from what we think, but from what the Word of the truth, the truth, the Word of God, it's called the Word of God for a reason, what it says about who He is. If that enters our thinking, then the image of who we know Jesus to be changes. That's why Scripture is important. When I don't read the Bible, I have this Jesus. He's quite small. When I read the Bible, he enters in and breaks down my thinking and changes it so that my image of God becomes so much bigger. And that's important because it then shifts our experience. What we believe about God changes how we act now, experience is quite simple. I don't know how many tennis fans we have in the room. Tennis fans? One. Two. Great. The tennis fans will know a man called Roger Federer. Best tennis player in the world, frankly. Always will be. And, um, and if I was sitting with any one of you in Wimbledon, watching a Wimbledon final, and we were sitting next to each other, and Roger Federer was playing... And let's say he had a really good opponent and the opponent managed to lob one over Roger Federer's head and it was coming down behind him and you just looked down and thought, there's no way he can win this point. There is no way that Roger Federer can win that point. I would look at you and I would say, I guarantee you he's going to win this point. There is no doubt in my mind that he's going to win this point. And you look at me and say, Stephen, that is not humanly possible. And then you watch as Roger Federer performs, and this is a real thing that I heard a commentator say, a backwards sprinting lob volley. Okay? That is what Roger Federer would do. Why do I know that? 
Because he performed it, and you look at me and you say, Stephen, what faith you have in Roger Federer. What amazing faith. And I would look at you and I'd say, no. I've just seen him do that. A lot. He never misses it. Never once has he failed. And it's exactly the same with the Lord. It's just because I can hear Richard snickering at the back. <laughs> the Lord's backwards sprinting lob volley is amazing. Yes, thank you, Shabba. So, <laughs> the truth is I've seen it. We've all, I've seen it. I've seen what the Lord has done. That's shaped my experience and therefore it's changed my faith because I can tell you what the Lord can do. And even though my personal faith is quite small, there are some people with fantastic faith because of their experience, what they've seen the Lord do. How do we come across experience? You've got to take a risk. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. With whatever we have, we go and we say, Lord, just take the small thing that I have. Take the small thing that I have. I'm weak, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you've called me, Lord, let me go. Help me to go. When Moses is confronted by the Lord at the burning bush, and the Lord says, go to Pharaoh, the, basically the king of the world at that time, and go and confront him and say, let all the slaves that you have go. And Moses, I think pretty fairly, sort of says, well, who am I, Lord, to go and speak to Pharaoh? Who am I to go and speak to Pharaoh? And God's response is quite simply just says, I will be with you. Now that's actually not the right answer to the question because what Moses asked was, who am I that I should go? Who am I? Maybe he was expecting the Lord to say, oh, Moses, you're great. Go on. You're cool, man. Rock and roll. You can do it. I trust you. Go on, buddy. But he doesn't say that at all. He says, I'll be with you. When we're stepping out in faith, deep, deep faith, let's not start counting our skill. Let's not start counting our talent. Let's not start counting our money to see if we can throw this at the problem and hope that it fixes it. Come with an open hand. Come with an empty heart. Because the question you've got to ask is not, who am I? But Lord, are you going to be with me? And who are you? That's the question to ask when we're stepping out in faith, not who am I, but Lord, who are you and are you with me? And if we have faith in that, then our faith will begin to grow, spending time in the scripture, gaining experience from what the Lord says. Final thing I want to say is culture, because the truth is people make me brave. I'm not nearly as confident when I'm on my own as when I'm with someone else. If I'm on my own and someone interrupts me and says, are you a Christian? This is what I do. I say, yes, I'm a Christian. Please don't hurt me. When I'm with someone else, and this has happened with Fiona, when I'm with someone else and someone says, oh, are you Christians? I look at, I look at the other person and I go, yes, we are. It makes such a difference. You've all experienced this walking home at night, haven't you? It's a little bit scary on your own. When you're in a group of people, how scared are you? You're all joking around with your friends. We know this. People make us brave. 
People make us brave. And I do wonder, would this story have been in Scripture if John hadn't been there? Because Peter walked up real confident and he did the thing. But if John wasn't there, would it have happened? I don't know. Maybe it would have. Maybe Peter's like awesome. But it wouldn't have happened if I was in that situation on my own. We were walking through Richmond Park once and I had a sense which I just very occasionally get for people, for strangers, and I just sort of looked at this couple and I just thought, that, that guy is ill. Like, he's got, he's recently been diagnosed with a sort of quite debilitating thing. And I just had no idea more than that, but I, and I, we walked past and I, and I was all up for just cracking on with my day. But I said, okay, I'm going to tell Fiona what I've sensed. It's only a very small sense. And if I tell Fiona, she's not going to let me carry on until we've talked to this person. So I just said, babe, I think I've had a word for this person. And she said, great, well, let's go and speak to him and pray for him and they will become Christians. And so we <laughs> turned around and she dragged me forward and I said, I literally actually was like five meters behind her. I was like, go and say hello and then I'll come. So she literally went and was just like, hello, we're Christians. Um, and I sort of walked up behind her and was like, hello. I just had a, think I had a word from the Lord. And, um, and it was amazing, actually, because I sort of said, look, I just think I had a sense that you're, you've got this illness, maybe you've recently diagnosed with something that makes you particularly very tired. And, and he just said, yeah. yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And so he said, well, look, I think that's the Lord then, and would it be all right if we prayed for you? And it was amazing, and we were able to bless them. And they went away with huge smiles on their faces, which was a miracle, um, in my opinion. And I, I just pray the Lord did more with them as well. but people make me brave. Experience builds my faith, what the Lord can do and what the Lord has done. And I pray, I pray for me, but for us, that we often find ourselves in situations where we're afraid, where our faith is challenged, because if that doesn't happen, then our faith doesn't grow. And I really pray, guys, that we would find ourselves in Scripture, because we need to trust Jesus in order to go out there and be able to do this. And in order to trust Jesus, we have to know truly who he is, who he is. And that's what is in the Bible. So it's all right, let's pray. Um, and I'll let Fiona continue. Um, let's, uh, let's invite the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to do, I think. Um, Fiona's already mentioned that Pentecost moment, mini Pentecosts on our own in our rooms. Let's have, a, let's have a time we give the Holy Spirit a space now. Jesus, come fill this place. Come flood it with your love. Convict us where we need convicting, Lord. Give us power where we need to be empowered. Healing where we need to be healed. But Lord, we just want to confess our trust in you. We believe in you. Um, I had a picture earlier, and I just saw this really beautiful feather, and I asked the Lord what it was. And I just have the sense that there might be somebody here tonight, and you've got a real gift for writing. Um, and that might be like 
school or just some kind of novel or some kind of artsy thing, but I just sense that the Lord really wants to encourage you in your writing. And if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Brilliant. Um, the ba- Levi's going to um, just pl- start playing and worshipping the background, but let's just focus on the Holy Spirit. So if it would help you to put your hands out, then do that. But we really believe that the Holy Spirit speaks today, moves today, and he heals today, particularly. Actually, I've got a sense about healing, um, particularly healing of hearts. Maybe some people really responded to that word with the boulder or the tombstone in front of your heart. If that's you, then I just think the Lord is wanting to shift that um, stone. So, Lord, would you just increase your presence here? Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Amen. Come, Jesus. as we start to worship and sometimes the posture really helps us and as Stephen said maybe if you're comfortable with it just put your hands out in a receiving posture because we believe that God is here right now the Holy Spirit is here right now in Acts it says that in the last days that God will pour his spirit onto all people so we just ask for that right now Jesus we ask would you pour out your spirit onto us in a new way, Lord, in a fresh way? And would you come into our hearts and into our lives, Lord, and into every situation that we're in, Lord? The Holy Spirit sometimes manifests himself in a different way. Some people maybe start singing, some people might start lifting their hands and that's just because we love the Lord and the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are in Him. And for some people, it might actually, the Holy Spirit makes you really feel something in your body. For me, sometimes I can feel like heat in my tummy or in my hands and if that's you, just ask for more of the Holy Spirit to come. of your spirit right now Lord Holy Spirit would you meet with us in Jesus name Holy Spirit come I can just start feeling this heat in my tummy and if you got that as well just invite the Holy Spirit deeper in and deeper in right now it's not something that we have to summon but it's something that God freely gives because he's love and he's here right now in those days God says I will pour out my spirit unto all people some of us God really wants to encourage us in what we're doing and the last few weeks have really been really exhausting and some people here might have felt like they've just been running and running and running and you just feel really tired and really weary and I just feel like God really wants to encourage you right now and really speak light into the situation where you just feel so burned out and in scripture it says that we will soar on eagles wings there's strength that comes not from us but from God so if that's you I'd love to pray for you right now
Lord Jesus, I pray for those of us who are really feeling exhausted and really weary, Lord. And I ask right now in Jesus' name, would you give us your strength to step out and into our lives, Jesus. happening to you don't feel like you have to hold anything in or hold anything back because this is family and this is a safe space to be with the Lord that you want to receive healing or that might be that you feel really anxious or depressed or whatever's going on but I'm just going to give us the next two minutes just to be still before the Lord and just ask him to come into our hearts and into our minds and into our situations and just heal us from the inside out Holy Spirit come we pray Jesus just lift it up to the Lord just receive from his Holy Spirit right now just peace just peace right now in Jesus name I've got the sense that for some of us it really feels like peace is flowing into your soul right now just deep peace through your body and just keep receiving that right now from the Lord peace is a promise that God keeps he's peace Prince of Peace sense that there's like just maybe two or three of us who are just here and just not feeling anything and that's absolutely fine don't worry about it you're not don't no everyone feels everything all the time it's totally chilled but there might be just something you just want breakthrough you just want breakthrough and if that's you i just get the sense that the lord wants to encourage you just press in a little bit more just keep pressing in just still your heart again and just let's press in once more a little bit deeper because i think the lord's just going to move for you move on you move in you more of you Holy Spirit keep on keep on blowing through this place Jesus more of you 